righty, there we go. And see if we can get that music out of the way, get headed into the second hour. Got Larry from Jacksonville on the phone. You said you've been listening to some of the shows and some of the archives and stuff, Larry? Yeah, um, I found out about you uh, a few months ago, <clears throat> started doing my research, and then um, I began listening to your to your programs and uh, listening to a lot of archives, and I've learned a, a whole lot. And uh, I already submitted my uh, affidavit Good to the Secretary you. of State um, in D.C., of course, and uh, and then I put on notice the Attorney General and CC'd all the uh, various agencies in the state. Good. So that's where I'm at right now. Okay. Uh, the only put, thing I uh, need to do next, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's all, I'm sorry to interrupt. Have you put our friends over at the individuals representing Satan on notice yet? Well, <laughs> the IRS, I've got... I'm going to be working on that next. Um, so I've got a couple of questions, and maybe you can help me with it. Um, along those lines, um, of course, when I sent my affidavit to the uh, Secretary of State, I included a cover letter. And um, and so he got the original affidavit that I had notarized at a bank. So okay. with everybody with everybody else, is it okay to just send a certified copy of that original affidavit? <clears throat> It's okay just to send a copy, and it doesn't even have to be an affidavit. You can just do it in a declaration form. I um, I just renewed my passport down here in Ecuador, and uh, uh, to get a notary here in these Spanish cultures, they got a whole you know different way of doing things down here. And you got to go to the person who's a notary isn't somebody at the bank you go to. It's an attorney, and you got to go pay them. And then you, they want to know translations and apostilles and all this other stuff. It's just a lot of trouble and expense. And so I just changed the heading on the sample affidavit we've got on the website over to a declaration of citizenship evidence. And then I just signed it, included it in with the passport. And I got my uh, renewed passport last week, week before last, here just recently. So uh, uh, you don't even have to send the original. You could have sent a copy, and that would have been fine, Larry. And if you want to do another one and you want to keep an original, just go get another one notarized. <laughs> right. Um, so with um, – with, I, 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 I actually joined the uh, tele, Telegram group uh, a couple oh, of weeks good. ago. Right. So Merkin knows me as uh, Larry in Jacksonville. Okay. And my my very first question to her was, should I correct my status uh, with the Social Security Administration? And she said that would be a good question to ask Roger. So I know when I was uh, when I was born, uh, I, I guess my parents filled out an SS5 form, and they probably ignorantly marked that I was a U.S. citizen. So is it necessary to even correct that with the Social Security Administration? Not really, but let me tell you my personal story and experience with that. It, it, it wouldn't hurt, but it's just not necessary, okay? Cause I was in Argentina when I turned 62, and I was having to sell gold to live, and I don't like selling gold, okay, especially back then. And so uh, I was chomping at the bit to get Social Security open, and when you're in a foreign country, you have to go through the embassy of the country you're in, so uh, I had to go through that, and uh, I'd had my passport stolen by some Americans, by the way, also. And you can't apply for Social Security in a foreign country if you don't have an active passport, all right? And so I had to go get a temporary passport for a year. And 
then I started applying and I sent them my affidavit, excuse me, when you have to apply to open your account to draw off of it. And I sent them the affidavit in with the original paperwork and the opening of my account. And I've been getting checks for all these years. No problems. See, you know, it's interesting with social security, Larry, is uh, in in our movement, you know, a lot of people um, mistakenly have got the idea that the Social Security number is a nexus to the system, and it's not, okay? And if you go online, in fact, and get an SS5 up there, and it'll say, are you a citizen of the United States? Are you a national? And national has got a pull-down carrot, you know, and it says, of what country? So anybody in the world can contract with Social Security. And if you're willing to send them that little bit, they'll steal 90%. And when you become eligible, they'll send you back some every month. Okay? Mm-hmm. But there is not a, it's not a nexus to the system, and you don't even have to be an American to participate. So uh, as a national, you still have to follow the rules. Like you can't, still, you can't start collecting your... Um your Social Security payments until you're 59 and a half, the rules still apply whether you're a U.S. citizen or a national. Is that correct? Yeah, as far as I know, and I think it's 62 is the minimum, not 59. They may have raised that. Yeah. But it was interesting when I got the girl on the phone, and and, uh, they try and deter you from drawing it, you know, and the gal goes, uh, well, you know, if you wait till you're 65, you get more. Or the old enticement, right? You get more. And I said, uh, okay, I'll, pl- I'll play. How much more do I get? She said, $30 a month. I said, give it to me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you know, we don't know how much longer we're going to live to begin with. Well, that, <laughs> you don't know how much longer the thing's going to hold the purchasing power the way it's going right now. Right. So, um Another thing is um, on the uh, voter registration, are we, are we supposed to revoke that as a national? And, and we're allowed to, no. uh, my understanding is we're only allowed to vote on, at the local and state level. Larry, you've got really good questions, okay? And this is yeah. something we, we got into at the end of last year with the election last year and uh, through one of the students in Georgia, actually, and uh, he he lives down south of Atlanta, between Macon and Atlanta, in one of those counties down there, Spalding County. And so he got into this real quick and picked it up real quick. And so as it went time of the vote, he went into the registrar's office and and he goes, "Look, I I really want to vote in this election, but I'm uh, you, to be a voter, you got to be a citizen of the United States, and I'm not a citizen of the United States anymore." And she's hemmed and hawed around, and she didn't know what to do. And so she said, well, why don't you contact the uh, head of elections for the state of Georgia over there under the Secretary of State? And he did. He shot him an email. They answered him back within 30 minutes. Okay? And they said, oh, yes, as long as you're a resident of Spalding County, there's no problem. You can, continue, you can vote just fine. And he wrote him back. He said, but that's the problem is I'm not a resident anymore. And they won't answer him back now. <laughs> hmm. So I think what it is is my teachers, John and Glenn, years ago in, in Utah, they they both started running for office. 
uh, John started running against Senator Orrin Hatch at that time, and I'm not sure who the representative was that Glenn ran against, but they went into the Supervisor of Elections Office there in Salt Lake and got changed from a voter to an elector. And see, this is a way that we can assert a little muscle on these people and start putting fire on them from the bottom up. Is And I've been talking to people since the dust from the election settled, okay, a bit, because you know those supervisors' offices are all involved in that when it's going on, but that's kind of settling now. And I propose people contact their supervisor or registrar of elections, supervisor of elections, and take them an affidavit in there and just go, I know I'm registered to vote, but I was a citizen of the United States then, and I'm not. I'm a national now, and I believe you've got to be a citizen of the United States to be a voter. So what category do you want to put me in? Because I want to continue to participate and see how they react. Mm -hmm. You know? See, uh, uh, we can do two things now that are offensive, not offensive, but more like uh, let's take it down to the goal line, you know, offensive. And one is this in the electoral condition. Imagine if we get all these people filing affidavits to get transferred over as electors. In my understanding, you're talking now about the electoral college. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the other one is IRS, interestingly enough. And uh, we had a student, again, up in the Atlanta area, who, uh, very bright, and took it on himself to look into this thing with the IRS called a revocation of election. Are you familiar with that, Larry? Yeah, that was another thing. Um, I was listening to one of your shows, and you're trying to get someone by the name of John Garland on the show. Yeah, that's um, John. Yeah, that's him. You, you, is, is there any... Like you, I guess you said there's a family emergency that took place, and well, you're, you're hoping to get him on the show soon. Well, so I'm he's very eager to on. listen to that. He was on a couple of days last week, but he had a death of somebody very close to him in his family, and he's up at the family estate up in the Midwest. And uh, But he's going to come on the show and go over everything he did with the revocation of election. I I mean, I we probably brought it up and talked about it, but he's the one that gleamed onto it. And he never even consulted with me, okay, which I really right. like, okay. So on his own initiative, he went out, he looked through the revocation of election uh, situation, and he did it, and $60,000 showed up in his checking account. Mm -hmm. uh, now, for the audience, this revocation of election thing, this is what my teachers founded their business on when I met them 30 years ago. And John, the legal mind here, had gone in and found this in the IRS regulations where you say it's in the regulations now. If you've been filing under the wrong status, you can correct your status and you go back and you can file for the past three years that you've paid in and they'll send all that back to you. Okay. Hmm. Now, back 30 years ago, what my teachers didn't what well, they missed, just quite frankly, because I think they were so focused on the tax issue. And John knew about the feudal system and all that, but we didn't know about the Secretary of State being the overall decider of all matters concerning citizenship. So as opposed to sending the affidavit to him first, we sent it to the IRS and didn't file with him, so therefore the status wasn't changed officially. And the first few people that went through their course got back, 
you know, sizable checks. And then the IRS figured out what was happening and they shut the gate. And by the time I was a student with them and did this, they sent me back three $500 frivolous filing penalties. Now that's $5,000, by the way. Okay. Right. Because that's the last club in their bag. All right. And, uh, but, uh, and I got on the air and the way John got into this is I was talking about it when I realized this a few months ago, just one day talking about it on the air, bang, that's the point we missed is filing with the secretary of state. And I started talking about it and he picked up the ball dribbled and, 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 and shot a three pointer with all net boom. Okay. And so other people are doing that now. And if you've been filing and you want to go through this, that's an option for you too. Now I'm not really promoting it, but I want John on there to go over what he went through. There was also, uh, to be successful at that, there was also a, a attorney, uh, for a few years that picked up on that, uh, attorney named Weiss. He was from Florida, by the way, Larry, and, uh, yeah. he ended up moving to France and he's got a website. He's dead now, but his website's still up, and it's Weiss Paris. Weiss, I think Paris, just like P-A-R-I-S dot com. Anyway, it's Weiss Paris, and on the front of this uh, former uh, living attorney's webpage is all this stuff on revocation. And they were helping people do it, but they stopped. Now, interestingly enough, we've run across through another of the students a gal that's been doing that for people. That was his paralegal. Okay. And yeah. our, my student, Joe was talking to her. She didn't even know anything about the national status. See, and she evidently has been successfully found a way to maneuver that and helping people do this revocation of election where you go in and you file three 1040 NRs. Those are not the NR. Does that alien. stand for? Yeah. That stands for no. non-resident. Correct. Non-resident alien yep. returns. That's how they designate them. And you go in, I think you send them copies. If I remember right, this is 30 years ago for me. I, I, I don't remember if you sent them copies of the 1040s you filed or what, but you went back and filed three 1040 NRs and sent them in and they, under their regulations, uh, should send you the money back. But now when they figured out what was going on and we didn't know about the secretary of state, then they started sending us $500 frivolous filing penalties. And when they get taxes and penalties and interest on that mounts up to about $30,000. And I can right. tell you, cause that's how much they stole out of my house sale. And that's yeah, one I of remember. the reasons I'm doing that. I'm doing this today because of that. Cause everyone, I remember hearing your story about, of, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, every every one of you that disconnects from the IRS, I take a dollar off their bill because I got penalties and interest too. Right. Okay. So I I haven't filed for the last two years. I've been filing all my life, but the last two years I haven't filed, and uh, so I'm thinking um, I need to I need to go back and file those two forms because if I'm going to do a revocation of election. They probably need to have those two on on file in order for me to do the ten forty NRs. I you know, have you ever heard the old saying, let dead dogs lie? <laughs> yes. You you may got it you may got a dead dog here. Okay. And that's the fact that you haven't filed in two years and there's a window for them to come back on you on. I don't know that they will. I haven't seen him ever do anybody like that, but that is a possibility. My feelings here, Larry, are that this is so sensitive to them because it just totally defangs them. Okay. 
I don't believe they want to come after anybody under any pretense or auspices because they don't want to risk getting this information into any more of a public spotlight than it already is. It's already given them fits. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know what to tell you there. My personal feeling is if I can remove myself from their system, they can keep everything and I'm going to go about my life and I ain't going to go back and try and squeeze it out of them. Right. Yeah, I understand. But that's your yeah. that's your choice. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna think that through. Um the uh yeah, moving to, uh onto another subject, um the uh as far as the passport, I'm interested in getting a passport card. And uh yes. one of the things that I have a hang up on is um if you if you look at the form and you fill it out, uh there's a question there where where you put your parental information in uh, number 10. And, of course, it asks if your mother or father were U.S. citizens. And there seems yeah. to be there seems to be a diversity of um, sides here. Uh, some some nationals uh, say, yeah, you need to put no there. And I, I'm aware of the copper moonshine method. He he encourages people to put no there. And, Which um, I disagree you, with. I disagree. Right. I, I, disagree I remember listening on one of your shows. You you said uh, you should tell the truth, and your affidavit is what removes you. Correct. Because so I'll tell you, you have one no thing. Problem. I do know. I this I do know beyond a shadow of a doubt. And the example I'm going to use for you came out of your town. Okay. And that is, they take passport fraud very seriously. All right. And the example I'm going to tell you about was a retired army officer that was in jail for about four or five months for passport fraud right there in Jacksonville. And the story came to light because he wrote one of your senators, one of your state senators, uh, to try and get out of jail. And the senator eventually got him out. But here's the story. He he had applied. He had been down at Guantanamo, actually, in his career. Uh, but he had applied earlier in life for a passport, and somehow he had sent it in, but he didn't sign it. I, if it's a DS-11, you got to sign it in front of a reg, uh, official, uh, administrating mm-hmm. official. That's part of the rules, you know. But he sent it in unsigned. Years later, he went back to apply for a passport, and there's a box on there that says, have you ever previously applied, applied for a passport? And he checked no, and they threw him in prison, buddy. Did he forget that he did? I don't have any idea. It was 30 years ago, but I remember that story was topical, and it was right out of Jacksonville. Okay? Hmm. So just don't lie to them, you know? And unless your parents knew what we knew and filed an affidavit with the Secretary of State, they were citizens of the United States, unless they're foreign, you know? Okay, moving on in the passport application, uh, number 11, uh, some some nationals think that this is a, because uh, I listen to a lot of different uh, YouTube videos, and some think that number 11 is a trick question. What's, a, um, what's 11? Well, number 11 is asking, have you ever been married? And, of course, I, I am married, so I would put yes. And then it says, ask for the name of your spouse, the date, the date of birth. Okay, well, hold on. Sam's going to whip a spot break on us here, Larry. So okay. hold that. Sure. We'll deal with it on the way back. And I'd say tell them everything. It's you got nothing to hide. Play the spot, okay. Sam. We'll talk to Larry on the other side. Okay. Okay. 
does it say about a society who elects people who can't quote their own founding documents? I'm Peter Serafine with this week's Liberty Minute, brought to you by Right to Bear Insurance. Use code LIGHTHOUSE at protectwithbear.com just in case you ever need to use your Second Amendment right to bear arms. We all had fun with President Biden having a little brain fart quoting the Declaration of Independence. Uh, you know the thing. Last weekend, Vice President Harris did something far more sinister. She intentionally left out life in listing our unalienable rights. Clearly, she did this because she was speaking to a pro-abortion group, but that doesn't explain her first omission. The second, before omitting life as an unalienable right to pander to the crowd, she left out God to create the new progressive version of the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. Our rights do not come from an all-powerful government, and that is what makes the United States the greatest nation in the history of the world. We are doomed to tyranny if we allow our politicians to forget or ignore that. Find more news and commentary at liberty-lighthouse.com. Until next time, Sebas Pashem, Parabellum. Hello, I'm Peter Serafine, and I'm the new host of National Intel Report on Thursdays here on Republic Broadcasting Network. I'm a gun-owning constitutionalist who believes that the only role of government is to protect my rights. I believe the First Amendment makes us free. And the Second Amendment keeps us free. If those ideas sound good to you, then join me in the National Intel Report, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Republic Broadcasting Network. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Alrighty, we get Sam to pop that down. Get back with Larry here on uh, Mar- Larry's married, and he had a question yep. about the DS eleven on the. Uh, I guess that's question number eleven. I don't. Th- there's no trick questions in there to me. Um, the the biggest one potentially is the one you covered previously. Is are your parents citizens in the United States? Because what that does is it sets up the generational transference under this feudal system. Because if they were citizens of the United States, then you are two by birth, 
Okay. Not only because you're born, but because your parents were also in servitude, not knowing it, of course. And that means you were born into the same condition. That's the law of the feudal system. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that potentially is a feeder. I think those two questions are your parents, citizens of the United States, are feeder questions to help set up the presumption. Because if you go on down and you get to the oath, I swear under penalty of perjury, I'm a citizen of the United States or a non-citizen national. There's where the trick is. Okay. And of course, they, if you want to go through that oath a little bit more, I swear under penalty of perjury, and they've changed it a little bit. So this is the one that I've kind of worked with over the years. I swear under penalty of perjury, I'm a citizen of the United States or a non-citizen national. They used to have that in parentheses, by the way. Uh, And they said, and have not since acquiring United States citizenship, parentheses, or U.S. nationality, violated any of the acts and conditions listed on page so-and-so of the instructions, parentheses again. Now, get this, unless explanatory statement is attached, close parentheses, again, I swear under penalty of perjury, the above is true and correct, and that's what you sign, right? Mm -hmm. So here you've got twice in the first sentence. This ambiguity of two different types of political status, they call non-citizen national, but they don't tell you to attach anything to differentiate that, do they? No. Where if you've been boinking little boys or little girls over in Bangkok and got caught, now they want an explanatory statement, and that's in the oath. Okay? So where do they tell you about the differentiation between these two statuses? Well, they tell you back on the front part of the instructions in a, with big capital letters, warning. It's buried in the instructions now, bottom of page one or top of page two or something. They change they got it around. On the top of page four in mine. Oh, it's on page four. They got it closer to the oath. Well, that's yeah, good. False statements made knowingly and willfully in passport applications, including affidavits or other documents submitted to support this application, are punishable by the by fine and or imprisonment under Nick is a bunch of U.S. code. Yeah, laws. about about it's about say they string cite about seven different sections of the code. Now, well, that's pretty explanatory. That tells you you can identify the difference between a, a citizen of the United States and a non-citizen national, doesn't it? Hmm. Well, that's where they're telling you to attach an explanatory statement, but they don't exactly tell you that, do they? And they put it in incredibly threatening language. If you lie, we're going to send you so deep, they're going to have to pump daylight to you. Basically what they're telling you, right? Is the affidavit considered an explanatory statement? Yes. It's explaining your political status. Right. And if you don't include it, then the presumption rolls forward because you didn't deny it and change it. That's where the trick is, if there's one well, in there. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, I don't know, just um, confusion going on here, the way they wrote oh, this, because yeah. the warning, like I just read to you on page at the top of page four, it says you can include affidavits. doesn't say anything about an explanatory statement in that no. warning. Mm-hmm. However, on, in the oath, in the oath where it has the picture, where you put your ID picture, and that's on page one, um, it says, I declare under penalty of perjury all of the following. One, I am a citizen or non-citizen national ah, of the United yes. States right. and have not performed any of the acts listed under acts or conditions on page four 
of the instructions of this application, and then it has parentheses, unless explanatory statement is attached in parentheses. Right. So They don't tell you yeah, that so, about the status, though, do you? Now, this is something else that's important, Larry. Those are add-ons. They changed the oath on the passport application after I got on the air and started teaching this stuff to cover their slave and asses. And you'll notice the last one of those checks, there's four of them. The last one says, I have read and understand the warning box on page four. They're yeah, covering. Yeah, right. It does say they're that. Covering, that well, that. that's added. They put they changed that about six, seven years ago after I started teaching this stuff, and they did it so they could cover their slave and asses is what they did right there. Hmm. Um, well, getting back to uh, the on page two, um, number number uh, number eleven. Have you ever been married? It seems like there's some trickery going on here, and I just want to see what you think. So it's saying, have you. So you is the person filling out Applying. the application. Right. Correct. So have you ever been married? So I would put yes. And then it says, put your, the full name of your current spouse. So I would put that in there. It's still talking to you, right? And mm-hmm. it says, put, put your spouse's date of birth. So you put that in there. Mm-hmm. And then it says, put the place of birth of your spouse. And then it says, U.S. citizen. Now, is that well, referring to the spouse or to you? Because I, I would imagine. Thing- no, I think, I think that's to the spouse. we got to break again. Hold on. We'll deal with it on the other side. Run with it, Sam. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach, or a favorite song from the past, or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To read more about this amazing breakthrough and to order your Terahertz frequency want, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. 
Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. Oxysilver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile Oxysilver through HealthyWorldStore.com. In times like these, you can't depend on the government to keep you warm and fed, but you can depend on the Vermont Bun Baker to do just that. With the Vermont Bun Baker, you'll never be in a situation where you can't cook, bake, fry, boil water, or heat your home all at the same time. One of the most revolutionary cook stoves, wood stoves ever, the Vermont Bun Baker is available with or without soapstone veneer, a natural stone that retains heat and radiates it back into the room once the fire is out. A beautiful addition to your home, the Vermont Bun Baker has an efficiency rating well above 75% and qualifies for the wood stove tax credit. For more information, watch the Vermont Bun Baker on YouTube and live stream or visit us at www.vermontwoodstove.com. You can also reach us by calling 1-866-SOAPSTONE. Don't ever be hungry or cold because the power's gone out. With a Vermont Bun Baker, all you have to worry about is what's for dinner. Alrighty, Sam Potter down. Let's get back to Larry. Larry, I want to congratulate you, first of all. I think you're the first caller where we've talked through three breaks. So congratulations. <laughs> You've had good questions. Well, thank you. Okay. Is there an no, award for that? Could, yeah, I might maybe we'll send you something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you an attaboy. How about that? Um, thank you. I don't see anything uh, tricky about that question. I think they're asking you if you're married. Uh, if your spouse is a citizen of the United States, and it wouldn't make any difference on if you said yes or no, quite frankly, uh, because this is your freedom, not hers. Okay, right. I mean, so and well, I, I mean, say, it, I, it almost seems like it's the 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 application is ask. It's using trickery to to say, are you a U.S. citizen? Because it starts wow. out in the in eleven. Have you ever been married? Well, and then see, it says gonna... U.S. citizen, and then it says right after that. Have you ever been widowed or divorced? Like, there's this continuation right. of yous. Well, see, if you there's I mean? any, if you were stepping on any landmines there, any of those will go bye bye with your affidavit included. Right, because that supersede that that supersedes all of it. See, this is your decision. That's what people have such a hard time understanding because we've been so mentally conditioned that they're the all powerful Oz, you know is yeah. what what set of laws you want to live, live under is your choice, not theirs. If it's their choice, it's called tyranny. Okay, It's just like everything else in life, and this is something I've really come to learn by being so closely associated with this for so many years. Everything's got to be voluntary. As my old friend Al Addis used to say when we did shows together, he said one day, even the devil makes you volunteer. Think about it. Right. Yep. Everything's got to be voluntary. If it's yeah, not, they, they, it's tyranny. The old saying, and, the devil made me do it, doesn't really apply. That's right. <laughs> well, not really. You know, he probably coerced you a little bit, okay? But that is why they've gone to all this length of time and trouble to set this up to ask you those two questions your whole life. Are you a citizen of the United States? Are you a resident? You answer yes, most likely, not knowing any better. And you, even more importantly, you sign something. Right. Okay? 
So what you're doing right there is you're, first of all, agreeing to their fraud. And in the second question, you're to giving them the consent of the governed. Yes, I agree to your fraud. I'm a citizen of the United States. Are you a resident? Yeah, and I give you permission to govern me. I give you the consent of the governed. We just heard somebody read the Declaration of Independence on one of these spots you and I sat through here. Okay? This commercial that ran a few minutes ago, he read the Declaration yep. of Independence. The consent of the governed. They got to have it. They can't beg it. They can't borrow it. They can trick you into giving it up, but they can't even steal it from you. And that's why they've gone to all this trouble. When you sign the passport, of course, you got to sign it in the presence of the agent. If um, it's a DS-11. Okay, just for yeah. the audience, okay, there's two forms. First time, never had a passport before, DS-11. Renewal, right. DS-82. There's differences, so when you sign between, it, there's differences between the two. Did you know that, Larry? Right, the one, the DS-82, if, if you already had a passport, that's the one you want to fill out. Right, even unless it's been expired more than 15 or 20 years. I forgot what the limit is. If you've right. got one even expired within that time frame, and they're going to ask you to send that in with your package, okay? But the differences are, guess what questions they don't ask you on the 82? Are you a U.S. citizen? Are, are your parents citizens of the United States? Oh, Really? They don't ask you those two questions, and they don't require that you put in a certified copy of birth certificate, and you don't have to go in front of an administrating official at the post office or a judge to sign it. You can just drop it in the mail. Hmm. Okay, so those are the differences in the two forms. Now, unless you're going to travel internationally, which you, you may do, all right, if you're going to travel internationally outside of popping down there to Miami and taking a, a, a Caribbean cruise, you can do that on a passport card. Okay. I also think uh, you can use the passport card to travel to Mexico, Canada, and that, maybe Puerto uh, Rico. Well, uh, Puerto Rico is the U.S. territory. Okay, so uh, but it's the they changed this in two thousand and seven because I got caught in this, and uh, in the year a little bit into the year they used to could travel to Mexico, Canada, and the Caribbean on a driver's license. And they changed it. You needed a passport card that year. And that was the year that I applied for my passport, 2007, for the first time. And mine was real late in delaying because when they changed that rule, a lot of people already had vacation plans set. And now they had to go get a passport card to fulfill them, see? Uh, so, uh, but you really, unless you're traveling internationally, we're going to go into uh, foreign countries and you need visa stamps in and out. You don't need a book and you don't need to spend that money. Uh, right. you can get by with just getting a $30 passport card and it's the highest form of identification issued by the federal government. And now if you've done this correctly, it's attached to your new political status as a national. When you signed your passport, and do you and how do you recommend your students to uh, sign the passport as a national? Like, there's there's a uh, other you know teachers out there saying you should sign it with the uh, UCC one three zero eight. You've you've already prejudice. got all your rights. You don't have to protect your rights. You've already got them protected. So you could just sign yeah. just your name. That's it. That's all I ever do. See, that's all a right. Lot what about that? when you? 
What well, about when you sign other documents? Do you do you sign them without prejudice? Like no, you know, contracts and per, stuff. Per, well, personally, I don't. No, but I'm down here in South America. You know, but I wouldn't. I just as long what where the rubber meets the road is that affidavit or your declaration being in possession of the secretary. Now we right, got because of eight. the DRD case, the RD. Yeah, well, right? however the hell you say it's, it, Oop, it's the supreme. It's it's the supreme, <laughs> the supreme evidence. I think you're I'm, talking about I'm on talking one of the shows. Eighteen thirty-five, folks. That's almost two hundred years. Okay, and there wasn't a, a second political status back then, right? But for the audience, they've got it. We got a, a, that site on thematrixdocs.com. If you can go look it up, and the case is styled. I never can pronounce it. It's Ubu Tutu, I believe. Ubu Tutu V D R C D hyphen capital A R C Y or A R C E Y. Eighteen thirty-five. And I'm going to paraphrase it for the audience and for you too again, Larry. It a passport is a document that identifies you to foreign nations under the law of nations. That's very important under the law of nations. Okay, Vattel's Law of Nations is what they're referring to. However, if it is a matter of citizenship, it's whatever evidence is in the possession of the secretary, if admissible in a court of law, that should be considered the higher and better evidence. Now, that if admissible in a court of law is why we suggest you do an affidavit, because that's court testimony. Right. So should and we get people, what about when you get drug into court? Well, folks, they don't have any jurisdiction to drag you into court on man-made laws. And if they do, because of that Supreme Court case, almost 200 years old, you get to bring in your affidavit into the court proceeding, and it bypasses the rules of evidence because it's in the possession of the secretary. Hypothetically, if somebody was already involved in a court case and they became a national, like in the middle of it, how would that change things? Or would they still I, have to succumb to the jurisdiction of the court? Well, you know, when whenever the whatever happened that got them into court, they were in the other political status at that point, weren't they? Yes. Okay. Well, doesn't that answer your question? So they'll they just have to go go just ride it out. You, you you did the dance, pay the piper, change your status, and don't do the dance again. Well, it probably wouldn't matter if you did it again. They wouldn't have any laws to be able to hang on you. Right. But, you know, part of doing this is becoming personally responsible. I mean, you're making – people just want to get out of taxes is why they – Oh, man, yeah, I don't want to learn anything. I'm just going to file this thing. No more taxes. Okay. Well, that isn't the reason. I mean, the reason that we always use the tax uh, is the tax approach is because everybody is interested in their pocketbook, and you can just about get everybody's attention. Now, once you start showing the fraudulent nature of this, then their view gets enlarged, and they start realizing this is about liberty, man. It ain't about taxes. Right. And so once you but, move over under God-given laws, start living your life responsibly. That's right, why I, I that try anyway. and, I, Well, yeah. good, and I sense that, and I wasn't pointing a finger at you, but that's why I, I, I preach. I really preach to the student. I don't charge you a penny for this, okay? I give this information out totally for free, all right? <laughs> I think I got five bucks I don't, in my pocket. 
Well, hopefully you'll have more soon, okay? But what I expect you to pay me is to learn and get command of the information. I think get command is a better phrase. You know, there's a there's a biblical verse, Larry, and it says, above all, seek understanding. It doesn't say yep. above all, seek knowledge. It doesn't say all, seek learning. It says seek understanding. And that's what I try and encourage people to do is get understanding of this, how the system works, what you've done, what the effect is and why. And you don't have to know all the tittles and the jots, but you need to have that, okay? And that's what I ask people to pay me with, learn the damned information, get command of it. It's life-changing information, folks. I mean, there's a lot of people. It's changed my life. (laughs) A whole bunch of people that aren't satisfied with their life, okay? Well, this is life-changing information. I mean, literally, I know because it's changed mine, and I've seen it change in just multitudes of students, okay? So getting back to the signature, you you um, just sign your name uh, as a national. You just recommend we could just sign our name on any type of documentation. Well, I'm, as, yeah, long as, we, want- as long as we alert to everyone, alert, you know, whoever is uh, processing that application or form that we are a national. As long as we alert them, we could just sign our name. Well, we don't even have to worry about being without I, prejudice and I don't all rights reserved. You, I don't even think you got to alert them. Just sign your name. You already alerted the head guy. He's the one that matters. So that mattered before you're a national then. You know how there's always these teachers out there saying, oh, always sign your signature on anything you sign, all rights reserved or I without know. prejudice. Yeah. Or TDC or but VC. I mean, is that necessary cable? before you're a national? Like when you're a U.S. citizen? Is that, well, is that a I, must? You know, I, let me ask you a question. If you're a serf and you got civil rights and you're saying, I'm going to reserve all my rights that I don't have? Yeah. How, what are you reserving? You don't have access to them. Right. You, you're reserving the rights that was that were given to you by Congress. Well, yeah, the only ones you got. Until you go back and go through this procedure, you can't claim those God-given rights you think you have. Right. I you can't have man-made civil rights and God-given rights at the same time. You just can't do it. They're mutually exclusive. So is it okay when you're uh, processing your application, your passport application before the agent to use, when they when they ask for a form of ID, is it okay to use your driver's license? Yes, it is. You can do that. I could tell you a story. I didn't want to use mine back when I did it years ago because I know it's proof of residency, see? And I just didn't know all the stuff like I know it now. Um, and so uh, what I did was I, it says in the instructions that if you don't have a picture ID, you can bring someone with you who's known you for at least two years who does, and that suffices, Right. So yeah. I'm in Panama City. They got a nice old post office built by Roosevelt with the WPA. It's got all kinds of green granite in there. It's real pretty, you know. And so I walked in there. The passport office has its own little cubby hole over there. And I knew this girl down there were just strictly friends, platonic. But she's pretty attractive blonde. And I asked Melena, I said, would you come in there with me? She goes, sure, I'll do that. So when we walked in the door, here I I got a stack of papers. My original affidavit is five pages. Then I got 
got birth certificate. I got all this other stuff. And as we're walking from the door over to his counter, he looks at her up. Obviously he looks at her and says, this guy knows what he's doing. And I said, yeah, I do actually. And so we walked up to the counter and we start going through the routine. It was my first one, DS 11. Okay. And we get to that part right there. And he says, well, I need a picture ID. And I said, well, I don't have one. And he, I said, that's why she's here. You girl, you've been looking at the whole time, you know? And, uh, so, uh, he, he says, wait a minute. And he turns around and reaches up to a third shelf. He was a about six foot three or four, and he still had to reach up and get it. And you know those three inch, uh, uh, three ring binders, three inch yeah. spine. Okay, biggest one they make, right? Well, there's a red one up there, and he grabs it, and it's so heavy that uh, it was so high when it hit the counter, and plop, man, made a noise. And so he starts thumbing through there. And he goes, it says right here that I don't have to accept that and I can make you go get one or require one and I'm going to make you go get one. He said it's snotty, just like that. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, okay, all right. Well, anyway, we ended up getting a Florida state-issued driver's license, Larry. Went and took the affidavit. I, I didn't have a driver's license. Florida issued me an ID, which is the reason I told this story for the audience. Because you can take these affidavits if you don't have a driver's license and get a state-issued ID, give them the affidavit in the process, and that will be on file in the database associated with your ID. Okay? Lair, I got other callers backed up, man. I enjoyed the conversation. Come yak with us on the regular show. I'm on there six days a week over there for hours, okay? Okay. Thank you very much. All right, Larry. Thank you. Nice to talk with you. Who's next, Sam? Dave in Delaware. Well, he calls every week. Hello. Don't you, Dave? I don't like Dave. What? You call every week. I try to. Yes. Yeah. How you doing, Dave? Well, I'm still alive. Can we agree well, on something? The IRS, the IRS says that income tax is collected by voluntary compliance. Can we agree that that's what they say publicly? Well, that's what they say publicly. They load a, load the system on the back end and, and threaten you and take people's stuff. It's a voluntary system. And that's what I teach on the website, Avoid IncomeTax.com, how okay. to unvolunteer from their trickery. Well, I teach people how to unvolunteer from the whole system, not just the IRS. Well, that's true. But people would just want to avoid the IRS and avoid volunteering can go to that website and follow those directions, and they'll we'll send them the five steps on how to volunteer and we know it works because I haven't paid taxes for 10 years. Okay. Well, I haven't in 30. So. All right, Dave, thank you for calling. And you want to give your website out? I'll let you promote it. You call into my show and promote your income tax deal, but that's okay. What's the website? Avoid income tax.com. Okay. I'm going to may I'll start invoicing you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dave. Talk to you uh, next week. Okay, I'll see you later. Who's next, Sam? Al in Missouri. I've wanted to talk to Al in Missouri all day. Hey, Al. Good, e good evening, Roger. How you doing? I'm doing fine. 
I talked to you several months ago about uh, I, I volunteered out of the system through the Missouri Assembly back in March of last year. And I think I read my letter that I sent to Blinken. And uh, I think since that you were saying that I probably ought to send in another affidavit through uh, well, you. Well, let me, Al, Al, let me say this. I, I don't know anything about these assemblies. Some of the things that I've heard, I'm not going to drop what I'm doing and my project and go study Anna Von Wright's stuff, okay? And part of the reason is because I've caught her giving out really bad information over the years. I don't know what they're teaching you. I know a lot of people say it's complex. I think this is an individual situation, not an assembly situation. So I just don't, I got some unknowns on that side over there. So you're suggesting I would do another affidavit to the Secretary of State through uh, uh, what you teach? Well, I... Using your affidavit. I don't know what you sent in. Does what you sent in do what the job you want it to do? Well, it probably did, but I'm sort of leery about it. I'd like your system better. But I guess my my other question was, you were just talking to the last uh, caller about letting sleeping dogs lie. I was a little bit concerned about what I sent to the IRS, and I guess I'm out of the system there, too. I don't know, but would you also send them another one, or would you just let that go? Well, I'll say this. If you don't know if that worked for you, I'd say do it again this way, because we know this works. Well, as far as the IRS is concerned... They send me what I call a 60-day letter. I think I got three of those. 60 or 90? 60. That's good. That, uh, well, if you're getting those, you're already in the cesspool with them. Well, it says we need 60 days to uh, look at, you know, consider what you sent us, however it says. Oh, okay. And- I see. Okay. Usually the 90-day letter is the letter when they're getting deep into collections, and that's the letter that says you got 90 days to do this or go to tax court or pay the bill. So yeah, that's what says you don't. This, I wouldn't, well, I'd say you're probably in the clear if they're sending you that. They've sent you two of them? I think they send me three. Wow, they must really I, like you. Well, I took my wife along with this, and they had both of her names on there in the first three. And then a month or so, nothing came, and then I started getting... Uh, letters, my name only and my wife's name only. She got one and I got one. And it was about the, uh, uh, all the money they were sending out through the COVID thing. Yeah. And it said we didn't use our checks and they're going to send us another one. Well, they sent me three of those through September, October, November. And, of course, they never send the check, but they said they would in 30 days. And since that, I haven't heard from them. Uh, What I can tell you, Al, is, uh, you know, now that you've got another perspective on the situation, what we teach, and I I guarantee you what we teach is dead accurate, okay? Dead accurate. I don't know about Anna's stuff. I don't know. For example, David Strait has you send in a 32-page opus, Okay. And we heard from the passport office internally because one of our guys wanted to make sure his status had been changed. And he called the passport office, and a nice guy called him back. And he goes, I just want to check and see if I'm a national. And the guy pulls it up and says, yep, you're listed. And he goes, 
Oh, well, here's your one page affidavit. He pulled that up and he started reading it and he goes, wow, this is good. That's the guy from the passport office. Okay. And then he said, we don't have any problem filing single page stuff. It's those books that get shoved back to the back of the desk. Okay. So that's why you want to keep it simple. It just goes to reason. If you're going to put 32 pages of stuff on, on a, on a, 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 a document, you're going to send them and you're going to put two paragraphs on another one, which one's got more things for them to potentially object to? Well, the larger document. Well, why would you want to do that? Only because you probably don't know any better, quite frankly. Okay. So, and I don't know what's in there. I'm not going to take my time and read David Strait's 32-page opus with Sovereign Citizen all through it. Okay. I've caught Anna giving out bad information, telling people to go get state-issued passports. Hey, Anna, the states have never issued passports. Go back to that 1835 case we just talked about. That was one of the things they gave the federal government to do. Okay? So that's just flat-ass bad information, man. Well, I've been following your show for the last, well, ever since you came on. And I've been able to get on the radio ranch a couple times during the week, but not very often because I'm one of them guys that has to work. Right. Well, that's right. why we have archives, Al, for you and Saturday shows. We added a Saturday show about six months ago because the situation's heating up. And uh, so now people like you that work during the week can come join us and ask your questions on Saturday. Same procedure, all that. Well, here's the thing. I don't like to take up the time, but... Um, I tried to contact Paul at the beginning of the show one time a week ago, and I asked about, you know, getting a phone number because I don't have Internet access. And he said he has the number, but he never contacted me. And I've tried several times since. There's information that I'd, that I'd really like to get, and I thought maybe one of those guys could help me, like Paul or Marker or, or, well, or somebody. I'm sure they they'd be happy to, and uh, you know Paul's got more kettles on the on the fire than you can imagine. So uh, I'll, I'll mention it to him. I don't know if he's still got the information, but there's another website. I'm trying to think if it's exposethematrix.com. It's kind of a parallel site. It's either expose the matrix or exposing the matrix, and I believe it's got those phone numbers on there. Um, but, but you uh, still need to go on the website to get it, which I don't have well, access to. But Well, Al, uh, uh, contact Paul again, and I'll, I'll put a bug under his, his saddle, okay? Okay. And there's our whistler, so we're going to have to go saddle up our horse, too. All uh, right. Well, thanks thank for you. calling in, Al. Good to have you on board. And uh, try and go back through there. And now that you know things that are right, try and unlearn all the stuff you've been exposed to if you can, okay? All right. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. There's our whistler. We're done. Another Saturday in the can. See you next week in new time, Sam. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to t-shirts to artwork. 
At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.